0: necessary let me read to you from this book the most important question in the world is whether jesus christ rose from the dead and is alive today in other words did easter really happen let me commend to you again this book uh, your verdict on the empty tomb there are some copies at the back uh, free for you to take and um, to explore the question Uh, Did Jesus rise from the dead? The most important of questions. Thing is, though, if he did, what does it mean? Uh, A little later on in Luke 24, Jesus appears to the disciples and he explains to them from the Bible what these things mean. Yet even at the tomb, there are clues to the significance of it. Uh, In verse five, these warriors of light speak to the bewildered women and they say, he has risen remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. They said he must, he must be handed over, he must be crucified, he must on the third day rise again, he must. What is the must? Are these women who went to the tomb, like us, embedded in a world where death reigns. That was all they had ever known. It was all they could remember. Yet if they looked a little further back and went right back to the dawn of time, they would see a different world. In the line, the witch in the wardrobe, after Aslan has been killed by the witch, he comes back to life and he explains to the girls that the witch, he said, if the witch could have looked a little further back... She would have seen things so differently a little further back. The world didn't begin under the shadow of death. That was never God's plan for his creation. The the world that God made was a good world. It was all good, a place for all happiness. And then death came as an outsider, an intruder. And it was sin that opened the door to death. Death didn't have a place where there was no sin. But when people started to do wrong... And turned away from the Lord God, it was death that followed and then cast its long shadow over every generation. Now, the prophet Isaiah describes it as a sheet that covers all nations. A sheet that covers all nations. Have you got, got a coat or a jumper near you? If you have, can you just put it over your head for a minute for me? I've done it, so I can't actually see whether you've done it or not. I'm just going to trust that you have. Um, I'll give you a minute to do it. I can hear you still fiddling around. A sheet that covers all nations, says Isaiah. When you've got a sheet over your head, what can you see? Nothing. Nothing. It's all just dark, isn't it? Take it off. It's Easter. Get rid of the darkness. That's what Isaiah said. Death is a sheet that covers all nations. But it it was never part of God's good creation. Uh, And in the beginning, when sin erupted and death followed, God was very quick to promise future restoration. And now on Easter morning, the angel at the tomb reminds the women of what Jesus had spoken. He called himself the Son of Man, an ancient title coming from the prophet Daniel's vision. Now Daniel had this vision of, of a kind of monstrosity. These, he saw these, these kind of uh, evil was kind of pictured as these beasts of chaos wreaking havoc on the earth. But then in Daniel's vision, it says he saw one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. That was the vision that the son of man would have an eternal kingdom. There would be this new era where the goodness of God had dominion and the kingdom of this age, an age ruled by sin and death, with all of its horrors, would be done away with. And the angels at the tomb remind the women that this son of man, on his way to his eternal kingdom, must suffer and die. And the must, the must is loaded with the way he will open up the passage into his kingdom. Because all of us are born in sin. We carry the curse of death. And so the Son of Man, born without sin, took the curse of death and was buried under its penalty. But death, when it killed Jesus, overreached. When death tried to swallow up life, it couldn't contain him. The Son of Man could not be held. He didn't come back from the dead. Death didn't spit him out. He went through the other side, destroying death itself. Because he is risen and the world will never, ever be the same again. You see, the new world that began at the resurrection is a world where sin can be forgiven. So what Jesus will explain to his disciples later that day. Later on, he's going to meet with his disciples. He's going to go through the Bible, showing how it all pointed to these things. And in verse 46 of chapter 24, Jesus will say, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead and... Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. The resurrection shows this forgiveness runs deep into the very fabric and remaking of the universe. Now where sin and death had radically reshaped the world, the world long suffering under its tyranny. And all of us have capitulated to it. All of us play our part adding our own sin to the madness. But we've never known anything other than that. But then the resurrection shows the start of a new world where sin can be forgiven at the most fundamental level. Where Jesus, without sin, was killed for the sin of others and took the penalty, paying it in full, then bursting through the other side of death into resurrection life. The Son of Man going to glory to receive his kingdom and blazing a trail so that all who trust him will go as he has gone. So that for those who trust him, death is no longer the end, death is the doorway. And in his name, forgiveness is offered to all. This forgiveness that is the absolute remission of sin. It is sin removed to its core. The, the penalty for sin paid. The cause of sin rooted. And all the effects of sin. And it's all its sorrow undone. The resurrection means the world is different. As 1 Corinthians 15 says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. That means that our sin, all of your sin, however awful and grievous your sin is, it can be forgiven and forgiven in such fullness that our hearts will sing about it forever and ever. The resurrection means that our sin cannot and does not define our destiny. The resurrection means that the troubles of our life are not final. We've got to be clear, don't we? As these women came to the tomb, they came to mark an ending, but they discovered a beginning. Now, the resurrection is the beginning of the new world, but not yet here in full. We live in this overlap of ages where we still experience the sorrow of the old world, where Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And the Bible says that we do groan and we ache and we suffer, but... Since the new age has begun, we groan with hope. Since the new age has begun, we take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Because of the resurrection, our sorrow is deprived of despair because every tear now has a use-by date. Just as before death was leaking into life, robbing its meaning, now life is leaking back into death and bringing purpose and bright hope for tomorrow. So now the effort and the struggle of our life do not end in nothingness, but purpose extends through and beyond the grave. What kind of world do we live in? What kind of world do you live in? And How do you function in it? At the end of the passage that was read in verse 11, the women rushed to tell the disciples, but it says their words seemed to them like nonsense. No one expected this. And and then we have Peter. And we have to assume that for Peter, with the others, it seemed like nonsense. And maybe it does for you. But then, but what if? What if there was just a, a, a millionth of a chance? What if? What if this had happened? It would mean all the sad things could come untrue. It would mean that God is mending the world. It would mean there is living hope. What if? So, Peter, even though it sounds like nonsense, he gets up and he runs to the tomb and he looks inside and he sees the strips of linen that had bound the body of Jesus just lying there and he goes wondering what had happened. What if? Now, what about you this morning? Let me encourage you again if you've never seriously looked at it, please do. Please grab one of those books, they're at the back. Uh, please speak to me or to someone else. Uh, look into it. Yeah, the resurrection cannot sit easily with us. The resurrection is a problem. It's a problem for every one of us because it happened. And because it happened, the world is different. And so, for every one of us, the resurrection speaks to us a challenge, a challenge not to revert back to the world as it was before, not to go back to the world without this, but to live in a world where Jesus has risen, and the challenge to live every day, every moment in light of it. Can we stand again? Uh, for the rest of our service, we are going to praise the name of our great God for what he has done, that Jesus Christ is not dead, but he is alive and he is well, and he is here with us by his spirit. The angel said, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. He must be crucified and he must on the third day be raised again. Let's sing his praises.